Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. The number one podcast for learning and talent development professionals. Now here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great episode to help you up your game and improve your capabilities in the world of talent development. And today is a special one. It's something I've never really done before. It's a recording of something I've never really done before, and therefore I've never broadcast something like this on the podcast. And I'll tell you about it in just a moment. But I also wanted to let you know that there's a big change going on out there in the working world and the future of work. And it has to do with AI, artificial intelligence. I know you know this. You've been hearing about it. You've been hearing some colleagues talk about it. You've been seeing people talk about it on LinkedIn and social media. Maybe you've been kind of avoiding it. Maybe you've been kind of playing with it. Maybe you have actually dived in and and tried some tools. And I'm sort of in that middle ground, to be honest. I want to be playing with it more. I do believe that the future is all in AI. I don't believe it's going to take away our jobs. I think it's going to create new jobs. I think it's going to create new opportunities and possibilities. And I think it creates new opportunities for me as an entrepreneur and a podcaster and a business owner. It creates lots of opportunities for us in talent development uh, if we know how to take advantage of them, right? But the question is, how do we take advantage of them? What do we do? There's literally just billions of uh, possibilities and opportunities out there. And I wanted to create a resource to help people because I know it's on people's mind. I know it's on your mind. And the reason I know that is because when I ask people, guests on this podcast about the trend that they're following, the number one most common thing that has come up this year in 2023 has been AI. In fact, if I go back and look at my notes, it's almost every single week, AI, 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 AI. So I know if our guests are always are thinking about it, I know that you, our listeners, are thinking about it as well. And so I wanted to provide a resource for you. We published a, an episode, obviously, just uh, a couple weeks ago with Sarah Tilly from ServiceNow, and I hope that that was helpful for you. And this is going to be more of a broader overview of what's going on in AI and how you can use it in talent development. And what I'm sharing with you today is actually a recording from a webinar that I ran back at the end of August with my friend Josh Ermler, who is a member of the Talent Development Think Tank community. He's a longtime speaker, founder, author, and L&D practitioner professional. He actually has worked as a speaker and run conferences and organizations. He has started companies and he worked as an L&D practitioner inside of a company for the last couple of years before leaving to pursue starting this new business he has called Landi, which stands for L&D AI. And you'll hear all about it in this webinar. When I did this webinar, I forgot to hit record until we basically got started with it. So I cut off my intro of like the webinar and my intro of Josh. So you'll get that here. And, you know, the backstory on this is, first of all, I have hosted now two conferences, some smaller events, a membership community now for the last three years, but I had never actually hosted a webinar before. This is the first time we just did like an open free webinar and it went quite well. I think we had um, several dozen people on live for this. So you'll hear many of the questions that came in. But the way this works here is I asked Josh, we had a bit of a fireside chat Q&A about AI, and then we opened it up to questions. And I took several questions from the audience, which I think you'll appreciate. 
And we had raving reviews, people who posted about this on LinkedIn, about how it was one of the best webinars they've attended, and they learned so much about AI. In this recording, Josh not only talks about what AI is and what it means for talent development, he shares a lot of specific resources, software platforms that are not his own that you can go out and try. So if you're listening to this where you have a computer handy or a pen and notebook handy, write some of them down. We'll maybe drop a couple in the show notes. And if you're driving, you know, we'll just try to drop them in the show notes for you to go check out later because there's several of them in here. But this is a really a great resource. Josh is such an expert on AI and especially what's going on in talent development. And uh, near the end of this, he's going to give a demo also of his product called Landi, which you can find at L-A-N-D-D-A-I, which stands for L-N-D-A-I, Dot com, L-A-N-D-D-A-I.com. You can also find out more information about the Talent Development Think Tank membership community that I run at our website, tdtt.us. And I am inviting Josh to do an open Q&A to dive deeper and follow up on the first webinar that we did on this podcast. So if you hear this and you want to you know, ask more questions, come join us in the community because we'll be doing more sessions like this in there later. And the recording will live, the video recording will live in our community member vault as well. Without further ado, here is my webinar with Josh Ermler about how to how talent development can use AI. Enjoy. Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank webinar series on AI. We're so excited that all of you are here. My guest today is Josh Ermler. As I mentioned, he's an organizational development strategist, corporate performance coach, AI expert, keynote speaker, CEO and founder of the L&D AI solution, Landi, and author of several books, including The AI Edge, How to Gain a Competitive Advantage in the Workplace Using Generative AI. And we've got a bunch of people on now, Josh, and I realize that we probably have people from all different spectrums of this awareness of AI, from I've heard of it, but I have no idea what the heck it is, to I'm already using it every day, and I just want to get some a few more tips and tricks because we know everybody in the L&D community likes to come with an open mind and the beginner's mindset, if you will, we're always looking to learn. Like I am always reading books and listening to things like this, even for things that other people consider to me to be an expert in, because I want to learn more and I can't wait to learn from you today. So can we just start with the basics? Like I hear about this all the time. I've played around with some different things. What the heck is AI? Like on a macro level, what is it that we're talking about when everybody's throwing this term around AI? Well, I'm surprised, Andy, because I thought you'd know by now. Basically, AI is a thing that's going to take over the world. And within a couple of years, we're all going to be destroyed. And so AI oh, is on rise of the computers, world domination. It's interesting, who, depending on who you talk to, there's a lot of opinions on the future of AI. I mean, there are literally people and their view is, man, it's just going to demolish humanity as we know it. And there are others who have a more positive outlook that while there are going to be particular dangers, some things that we need to be aware of there's also opportunities for us to serve for it to serve you know humanity's missions and really allow us to elevate you know where we're going as a species as a people and i'm really excited about looking at some of the more positive potential effects of generative ai ai specifically but uh, it was larry page and he said this uh, founder of google said artificial intelligence will be the ultimate version of google so if we're trying to understand what is it uh, it'll be the ultimate search engine that'll understand everything on the web and will understand exactly what you want and will give you exactly what you want when you want it. And so that's an interesting perspective. I think to put it in a nutshell, really AI is a computer programs that can perform tasks 
that typically required human intelligence. And so that's, that's really in a nutshell what generative AI is. If you were looking at it from a more technical perspective, if for, you know, I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, but there are basically a couple of different aspects or, you know, kinds of artificial intelligence. So there are rules-based artificial intelligence, and this is where sets of predefined rules are programmed into a computer to make decisions. And so it's like, if this happens, then do this. If that happens, do this. That's what we would call rules-based artificial intelligence. And then there's machine learning artificial intelligence. And that's a little bit more of maybe what we're used to and what we're starting to see, which involves training computers on massive amounts of data. In fact, some folks are saying that some of these AI large language models have been trained on over 10 to 15% of the entire internet. And so it's just tons of data. And so a machine learning approach to AI is really where this large data is fed to these computers. And the computers then take the data and make predictions and decisions without explicitly being programmed. And so this is where we get now self-driving cars, speech recognition type technology. And now even in medical fields, a lot of this is artificial intelligence is being used. And so, and now it's exciting because we're getting to use it in L&D for automation, for efficiency in talent and development. So that's, that's the aspect of it I'm super excited about. Yeah, that's a great explanation. And you know, of course, as AI was becoming more talked about and popular over the last few months, the originally people were mostly talking about ChatGPT, yep. uh, and which comes from OpenAI. And I see that as like they're amalgamating the entire world's knowledge, right? And then yes. using that to make predictive answers for things that you have questions for. But there's so much more that's possible. Can you start with what that is and then maybe share some examples before we get mm -hmm. into L&D? You know, yeah. How are people leveraging and using AI at work these days? Yeah, going along with what you said, it is interesting because OpenAI, ChatGPT is probably what's most famous in generative AI as far as apps go. And yet over the last several months now, I know Google has come out with their large language model. There is now Bard. Facebook has come out with Llama. And there's some of these large, larger tech companies that are now coming out with their own large language models that in some ways are maybe in certain situations situations even better than chat GPT, depending on the individual use case. And so as each of these different companies start developing their own language model, there are going to be more and more applications and more and more ways for individuals to use it as well as for those of us in L&D. But specifically kind of from a broad perspective, how people are leveraging it. And here's what I'll do. I'll share some of the ways it's being leveraged and I'll actually give you the URL, the name of the companies that uh, sometimes I would use. And so if you guys have a pen, you can write some of these down if it's helpful, because I want to make sure this is a kind of a value add to, to the community here. How many of you have been on Google in the last couple of years and you're typing an email and Gmail, and then it starts finishing your sentence for you? Okay. So text. Yeah, exactly. So that's a version of AI, generative AI that's been around for a while. But now with like applications like FlowWrite, it'll now actually write entire emails for you from just a single simple prompt. And so this is a simple way in which people are utilizing generative AI. Another one that I found very, very interesting was there's a, there's a, a company called Durable AI, and they can build entire websites from prompts. And so by putting in text and now all of a sudden it's building out your entire website for you. I was in Austin talking to some friends about AI 
And one of my buddies said that he has an application and he's trying to sell it to clients. And he didn't know how his solution could help his clients and what they were trying to accomplish. And so he was actually going in and using artificial intelligence to say, this is what my company does. This is what their company is trying to do. How can my company actually help them accomplish their mission? And it would literally give them a case study. And so he was taking these case studies, sending them to potential clients and closing deals, literally not even understanding what his clients could do. But generative AI was able to write these proposals that were not just kind of pie in the sky ideals, but literally based on the information that was given to the AI real life scenarios that he probably would have never been able to come up with on his own. And so these are just some interesting ways in which it's being used. I think most of us have used virtual assistants, you know, like the Surrey and the Alexa and Google assistants. And a lot of these now are using queries and commands using generative AI to help us understand if you want to clone your voice, uh, there's a there's an app called Whisper AI, and it will literally clone the, the physical sound of your voice. And so this is now being used for different messaging services. I, I even notice here, there's a few of these note takers in the participants thing. And so yep. there's like... Otter, Otter AI, and there's others where Fathom, fireflies, yeah, yep. fireflies, yep, exactly. Where you can go in, and the, this is even possible where you can send your virtual assistant, you know, to take notes for you at meetings that you're not even at. So anytime I register for a meeting, even if for some reason I can't be there, I will get notes in either audio version or in text synopsis sent to me about the meeting that I might've been at, but I might not have been at. It can go in, in your place. And so I think that's really interesting. Uh, there's another app called Runway AI that'll now actually create videos using nothing but text, which is very interesting for those of you who are looking at maybe you need a video or something. It'll make videos for you. I think a lot of us have now seen on our social media feeds where, you know, there's these pictures that are getting created using AI. Of course, Dolly is one of the more famous one of these. There's others that are literally creating photos that can be used uh, because there's no copyright issues on them, can be used on PowerPoints and whatever the case may be there. So those can be helpful. I actually used a site to make all my logos and all my branding kind of things. And it was a site called Smashing Logo AI. And you just put in a prompt. And, and what I found interesting about Smashing a Logo is that as you're setting it up, you pick your designer. So there's all these avatar clones. And it's like, this guy will make you something that's hip. And this one will make one that's classic. And so you actually choose your avatar designer. And then that avatar designer then gives you a particular logos and branding palettes based on his style of development or her style of, I guess it's an AI, it's its style of development. And so I thought that was a, an interesting place to go. Some of you have now seen where AI can now code. Many of you have heard of Grammarly that'll correct your grammar and it'll write for you. There is now a replacement for, for people who are coders. What Grammarly is for writing, there are now apps that will correct code. And so a lot of the bugs that computer programmers have, they can take it, run it through a Grammarly type AI, and it will actually not only just correct code, but some of these now can actually write code. So I'm going to say probably within about 12 to 
18 months, everybody here who's a part of this group is going to be able to actually create their own computer programs because they're going to be in, there's going to be apps that are so intuitive that the generative AI is going to be able to write these code completely for you. And it, it can already be done now, like simple sites can be built. You could build a, a simple site just with some text saying, I want the code for this type of project. And then if you don't know how to do something, you just ask the generative AI, it'll tell you what to do next, and then it'll keep coding. So, you know, there's a lot of options there. Maybe for some of the folks here, I don't know how many we have, but uh, dating AIs are now becoming quite popular. In fact, there's there's a lot of studies that are saying the next generation, it's going to be quite a struggle because artificial intelligence, it's going to be way more intriguing to date an artificial intelligent being than an actual human being. And so they're looking at what are the, what are the sociological implications of dating an AI? And it's, it's big business right now. I mean, there, there's huge sites out there that you can, you can text, you can talk with artificial intelligence. And honestly, in many cases, you don't even know that it's not human. And so it, you, it learns, you know, your preferences. And over time, it actually develops more and more. So these are some of the ways, according to Boston Consulting Group and MIT Sloan, they said that 84% of businesses say that AI will enable them to obtain or sustain a competitive advantage. And so these are ways in which kind of everyday people are using it, but there are also ways that we can start using it professionally, specific within, specifically within the L&D context, which I yeah, let's, really let's get into those. I was going to say, you know, the purpose of this webinar is to help people do their jobs better, not scare us into <laughs> thinking that the whole world is, is turning into AI. But I do have a question about that before we get into some of the nuts and bolts for L&D, because we in L&D, in essence, we work with people. Talent development is about developing talent, about supporting talent in our organizations. There's plenty of buzz. You know, you talk about these sites that, oh, it'll create videos for you, create logos for you. It'll create, yeah. you know, images, it'll, it'll, this sort of thing. All this stuff sounds like it's replacing things that people did in the past. And so, of course, there's a lot of buzz around, is AI replacing a lot of jobs? Does it make a yeah. lot of people redundant? Does it end up eliminating a lot of jobs? But then other people say, well, maybe yes, but it's also going to be creating a lot of jobs. It's more about adapting to AI. And we're going to have a need for so much more knowledge workers in different places. So what, what do you say about that? Uh, this conversation actually happened about 100 years ago, 115 years ago, with the advent of the factories and tractors. Back, you know, 150 years ago, we were an agrarian culture and the majority of American society were, were farmers. All of a sudden, these, this thing called a tractor comes out and it can do massive amounts of productivity that used to take you know, many, many people to do. And there was this, there was this sociological concern that what are people going to do? They're not going to have jobs anymore. This tractor is taking away all the jobs. Mm -hmm. and, and what we begin to understand from history is that, yes, while it does replace jobs, it, it creates the opportunity for so many more, uh, so much more imagination, so much more creativity, uh, so much more opportunities to advance, you know, technology. And I honestly, personally, uh, is of the opinion that artificial intelligence is going to do something similar to that, you know, where it's, it's, it is, it is going to replace a lot of jobs. There's going to be a lot of, you know, disheveling of positions, but at the end of the day, the opportunities for those who are leveraging it, who are prepared for it, this will be in the end, it'll be a, it'll be a good thing, but yeah, there's going to be a little bit of, it's going to get messy for a while before it gets better. So I'm glad for those of you who are on this, 
I actually yep. don't think if you're if you're already paying attention to this, you probably aren't having to worry about yeah. it. It's the you're, people you're probably who are going to be okay. Yeah, but yeah. that's what this is about. It, this was about because there are aspects of our jobs that are going to be done by L and D and there or by AI. Sorry, and there'll be plenty of things that we need to be thinking about and doing and, and using our brains and connecting with other people. If you have questions about this stuff, feel free to submit them in the Q&A. I, I saw hands being raised as well. We will definitely get to live Q&A at the end of this presentation. So hang on for that. Uh, and you can go ahead and submit questions in the meantime. We may get to some of those. And I see a couple coming in related to skills and what L&D can do and how L&D can leverage AI. So I want to get to sort of the the nuts and bolts of this. What are the what are some of the best practices or ways that L&D professionals are leveraging AI maybe to create and run better programs, right? Because we're really focused everybody here is is you know usually involved in some aspect of that. Yeah, no, I think that's a good question. I think I'll answer that in, in two parts. We'll, we'll look at kind of maybe some specific way professionals are leveraging it. And then we can also look at maybe some best practices while you're leveraging it. And I think that's maybe two different questions. But what are some ways that they're leveraging it? I, I saw Adam in here, Adam Boggs. If you guys haven't checked out his solution yet, phenomenal when it comes to L&D simulations and, you know, making opportunity using AI to really create incredible live presentations. And so I've seen, I've seen his solution used many, many times, not many times, but several times in some different environments. Very, very good. And I know they're looking at adopting more and more AI moving forward. That's, I think if I remember Mahana's, I think if I'm pronouncing it correctly. So those are some really great ones um, to create corporate videos. There's there's a site called Synthasia that is really, really good when it comes to creating videos, especially for the L&D space. So whether, you know, a lot of us have to create videos and stuff. And I think specifically for L&D professionals, video is going to become more and more uh, something that we utilize, especially as it's easier and easier to create. And uh, Synthasia is a great site to use to create videos using artificial intelligence. Another one is uh, infographics. For those of you who like to do presentations and you like a visual elements to your presentations, and I, I know I'm a very visual person myself, and so to be able to have infographics, but uh, there's a place called, I think it's called kbot.ai. You'd have to look it up, but it's it's along those lines, and it actually creates AI-created infographics. You kind of give it a prompt, and it'll create entire infographics around that. A lot of us do copywriting and we have to come up with copyright for certain, you know, elements of things. There's one called Hey Friday that helps us with L&D uh, copywriting that can be used. And these are just several ways in which L&D professionals can leverage it. Let me talk real quickly about some best practices, though, like when it yeah. comes to actually using something even as basic as ChatGPT or some type of other large language model that doesn't really have application tied to it. It's just a it's just a base LLM model. I think one of the best things that you can do is kind of develop your prompt engineering skills. And so prompt engineering is the prompts that you give to the generative AI in order to get an output. And, and the reality is the better the prompt that you put in, the better the output that you will get out. 
I like to think of it a little bit. Maybe when you were a kid, you watched these movies where there was a wizard who would give this spell and he would say these words. And then all of a sudden something would magically appear to some degree. Prompting or prompt engineering is like the wizard who gives the spell. If he said something just right, it would spit something out. And, and to some degree, that's what generative AI does. You put in a particular spell, you put in that prompt, those words, and depending on how good that prompt is, is how good the output will be. One of the things I have heard is some people saying, well, you know, it's really just not that good. You know, I've tried putting some stuff in there and, you know, I, I don't, I'm not worried about my job because, you know, I asked it to do this and it was like really basic and, and, and anybody could do it. The problem is what they don't realize is the reason their output might've been bad is because they actually didn't put a very good input in a very good prompt or a very good spell, you could say. And so a couple of things I would think of if you want to create really good prompts to put into these LLMs is think about it in a multifaceted way. What, what's the context of what you're trying to get? That is to say, who is it that you want to have created? Like when I'm doing a prompt, I will say, you are an expert, you know, instructional designer. So what that does then is it then gives context for what's happening. You say, this is who you are. You are an, a, you are an expert instructional designer. Then you tell who they're writing to. You're writing this to a group of, you know, new uh, individual contributors who are recruiters at a tech company. Okay. So you give it context. The more context your prompt has, the more effective the output is going to be. Tell it exactly what you need, you know, because depending on the language you use about what it is you want from that particular generative AI, it's going to have massive implications on what you get out of it. Use adjectives to share the style. How do you want the output? What's the style? Is it going to be a casual in tone? Do you want it to be something that is more, you know, kind of professional in tone? Use a lot of numbers. I need five of these. I need three of these. Get very specific and granular, some of those. And so these are a few things that you can use to be a prompt engineer. And it's interesting. I was looking on some of the job boards. Prompt engineering is now becoming one of the fastest growing positions in companies everywhere. I mean, they're paying like six figure salaries for people mm. who are good at doing exactly what I just talked about, you know, when it comes to prompt engineering for certain type companies. And so if this is something you get good at, it could become, hey, prompt engineering, you know, whole career. Yeah, it could be an entire career and tons of people are moving to it right now because there's just such a, a need for it. So that's prompt engineering. Some other things I would think when it comes to prompt engineering, as far as tips and tricks, best practices is what we're talking about when it comes to generative AI is give it examples. So you got to understand that generative AI is constantly learning. So as you're giving it examples within a thread, it's learning based on those past examples. And so you can say, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something like this, like this, like this. And then when you ask a question, it will be trained to think in that same vein. One of the best things to do is ask follow-up questions uh, to the generative AI threads. The more follow-up questions, the more specific and good those outputs will be. You could even say something like, I want you to communicate this on a fifth grade level, you know, and then it'll take everything that you said and it'll put it in, you know, with, you know, basic fifth grade level, you know, etymology. And, and so these are all things that we want to make sure we're fine tuning as we're doing prompt engineering. Some of the other things you can do from best practices and one of the things I have done is you can create a sample clone of your writing voice. All right. So we all have different writing styles. 
if you just go to chat GPT and say, write me a letter about this, blah, blah, blah. How many of you have been somewhere and you've now started to see, wait a second, that was written by chat GPT. That was written by a bot. That was not written by this person because yeah. it doesn't have that tone. And so you can actually now go in and train your, um, you know, to have your voice. And our application is actually building that in to where rather than using a generic voice of somebody else, it can actually use your voice. And we go through the steps on how to develop and how to train the AI to write in your syntax, in your grammar style. So that when it's being- I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I think like one of the things I worry about and other people may be concerned about it. We're getting some great questions coming in that we'll we'll definitely get to as well. Is personalization, right? And and putting mm -hmm. it things in your voice or making sure that it, it sounds yeah. like it's coming from a human or it makes sense. I'm thinking of you know very recently I switched email platforms uh, to uh, a platform called Superhuman that I absolutely love. <laughs> Shout out to them. I have no uh, you know official connection or sponsorship, but you've been name, name dropping all kinds of software platforms today already, which has been great. They have an AI. Uh, you know, aspect in it that you can basically tell it what kind of email you want to write. It'll write an email for you. But when I've tried mm -hmm. it, usually I hate the email. I'm like, this doesn't sound like me, right? And now yes. I wa I'm wasting more time mm -hmm. playing with this than I, you know, could have spent just writing the email. But in theory, it, if I give it samples, it's going to get to know my style of writing and then start to write more like that, right? Yes. And you have to fine tune it. And most people just haven't gone through the pro process of fine tuning their voice into their AI. And it's not terribly difficult, but it's it's nice when there's applications that actually walk you through the process and will kind of somewhat, you know, guide you through it. So I think I think that's great. So those are just kind of a few ways. I think integrations, another one that, you know, best practice. You'd be surprised using an application like Zapier, how many applications you can tie generative AI into. In fact, at this point, there are very few applications. I'm, we're talking from everything from Zoom to your calendar to your Notion account. Almost any application you can tie generative AI into using Zapier or some other kind of you know, integration tools such as that. So I think that's another huge kind of best practice that it's something we need to develop or at least, you know, be looking at it so you can, you know, hire somebody off of Fiverr or something to integrate some of these things for you. So those are a few, I kind of high end, I guess you could say best practices. All right. I've been dropping links in here and all kinds of things. I just dropped my my referral link for Superhuman, if anyone wants to check that out. I've been loving it actually for, for emails. If you're not already tied to Gmail or, or Outlook and they're leveraging AI. I noticed recently, many of us are on LinkedIn. They're now uh, introducing AI where I go to my, write a post and it's it's saying, hey, do you want to you know leverage AI to write this post for you? And that's another one of those things where like, okay, I could use this to get information out and maybe write something quickly, but I want it to be in my voice. I'm sharing content on a regular basis. Follow People follow me because of yeah. me and my personality and what I bring to the table. And I don't want it to just be some static information. So we need it to really learn who we have. And you want it to be something that complements what we do, not completely yep. replaces who we are and what we do. And same Absolutely. thing in, the, in when you're creating new programs, right? You want it to get information out, but we want to, we don't want to get back to the age of, Hey, we're just giving people information through slides and lectures, right? We need to create engaging, interesting, interactive programs. And that's something I know you have been working on with your platform with, with Landi. So I want to make sure we, we get to that, but how can AI, how can we use AI to, you know, customize and personalize at scale? Is it really just about giving it those samples or other things that we can be leveraging it for there? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things we can do to personalize it. And this is where it's really interesting. I think when we talk about L&D, and this will kind of be a high-end view, there are several challenges that we have from an L&D perspective when it comes to instructional design. It's like, okay, how do we how do we address the cost? You know, how expensive this is, how, you know, speed, how quickly can we get these things created? A quality is another big element for instructional designers, facilitators, trainers, as well as personalization. And so when we're thinking about developing content, when we're talking about instructional design, those are four areas that have to be at the forefront. And one of the things I'm excited about is that, you know, AI is really allowing us to scale all of those things at the same time in ways that we haven't before. And that really gets to the heart of some of what we tried to create, because it's less about, you know, it's less about creating content. It's more about how do we make it more our voice? How do we make it more our style? How do we personalize it to the people in our companies? How do we customize it to our company's voice and our company's values and the individual personas and uh, individual uh, people within our companies? And so as we've been developing our solution, that has been really the driving force for us. Not so much of just how do we crank out information and generic kind of content, but how do we make it the most personal at scale in ways we've never been able to do before. And that's one of the things I'm super excited about. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So many questions coming in. I want to make sure that we get to what you're creating as well. And then we'll get to some of those questions first, but why did you like, Josh, if we back things up, you know, yeah. we, we jumped right into what is AI and how can mm -hmm. we be leveraging these things? And I want to make sure we share more tips and tricks, but how did you get into this and why did you start working on your platform? Why did you create Landai? So two years ago, I was consulting with a large uh, tech company out of Silicon Valley. They brought me in to help with one other gentleman to build out their entire L&D department. And we were working with one of the HRBPs and they had been developing a hypo program for about two years, a high potential program. They were needing managers. They were needing directors. It was hard to find people out in the landscape of hiring and recruiting was getting very difficult. So they're like, we're going to recruit from within. And so they're building out this program, building out this course. And I remember talking with one of the HRVPs one day and I said, well, how long have you been working on this? They said, well, like 18 months we've been working on this program. And I was like, well, how many hours? And they shared how many hours. And we were just, and it still wasn't done. And it was so much in regards to resources and money and time and and then they couldn't figure out how to make it personalized how do we how do we do it for VPs versus how do we do it for individual contributors and it was at that time that I was starting to hear about artificial intelligence starting to hear a little bit about generative AI and I thought wow this might be the uh, technology that can help solve these speed issues at scale quality issues at scale cost issues and challenges at scale all while being more personalized and more customized than we've ever seen before. And that's really kind of what was the trigger for me to kind of get started and lean into this is because I saw a real need within L&D departments to have solutions that could address all of these, not just one. And a lot of te technologies and applications out there are do really good at addressing one or maybe two of those things, but I hadn't seen one that was able to address speed, cost, quality, and personalization, customization all at scale, you know, together. And so that's where that was kind of the genesis of our story. And we just started diving into it. And I have a little bit of a history. This is my second solution, a tech solution that I've built. And so I had a little bit of, you know, history there. And, and then we've just been been going from, from there. And so we're, we're excited about yeah. it. 
Well, let's talk about the solution. I want to make sure people hear about it, and then we will get to many of the questions that have come in. But I will say, as you're bringing that up, that you showed this to me, I don't know, it was a few months back, and I was blown away. You're mm. like, oh, I created this AI. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let me see what it is. And then I, I was blown away. And then I was even more blown away when I asked you, well, how did you create this? And you said, oh, I just went and, <laughs> I just went and like did my research and created it. I had no idea you had these skills and capabilities. And so as you were learning all that stuff, you were also developing skills. You also figured out how to build some of these things. And the interesting thing is, you know, it, you come from such a unique background that you're you're not like just a, a techie or an engineer who's just trying to build whatever's useful. You come from that, you know, you've been in the consulting world, you've been in the entrepreneurship world, and you've also worked in L- corporate L&D for the last few years, building programs, right? Yeah. Manager programs and things like that. And so you know what L&D professionals are dealing with, are challenged with, are trying to create. And I think that empathy really shows in what you created. So like, show us what you created here. I want people yeah. to see this and, and what's possible. And yeah. we'll get to some of the questions. Yeah, real quick. And I don't need to take a ton of time, but basically it's a full app stack. We call it Landai and Landai stands for learning and development artificial intelligence. So it's basically four different applications. It's an application that will fully build out your entire slide deck PowerPoint presentations in a few seconds. It can build out scripts and handout notes for 45 minutes training sessions on any topic of leadership, management, upskilling, career development. It'll write the script for you, but then also gives you the opportunity to go in and actually update those scripts. It comes with its own, you know, chat GPT. We call it Landai GPT. That's been fine tuned for research and copywriting around things that L&D people need. And then we have courses and courses literally builds out e-learning courses that have quizzes and assessments and videos and content and flashcards and simulations all within these singular courses on any topic that you would possibly need for onboarding, for upskilling, for leadership and management development. And so it builds all these things out. So I'll just kind of jump into it. I'll show you how this works. Let's imagine you're an instructional designer. You would click on, what do I need? You know, there's a lot of different templates to use from. Do I want a workshop? Am I doing a coaching session, a round table? We're adding categories to these things as we go. But let's say you want to do a workshop shop session. And uh, so we'll just kind of get in here real quick. And uh, Andy, I want to put you on the spot. What do you want to make a workshop session on? We didn't talk about this. So I'm just kind of, we're going to let him pick. Oh, you know what? What's been top of mind lately with the the new book I've been working on is leadership. And I know that's one of the most popular things that people yeah. are working on. So let's yeah. do something on leadership and and specifically becoming a more effective leader in the modern world and, and really yeah. connecting with your people. All right, here we go. So basically now this is going to, we're going to put generate on this because it is not going out and searching for a product. It is actually building this. We have scraped over 10% of the internet, you know, L and D materials for it to create. And just for sake of time, this takes about 30 seconds. It's usually done within 45 seconds. I'll come back to it in a second, but I want you to see what it's going to get produced here. It produces something like this. So this was from just a couple of word responses. It has an entire way for you to edit whatever you want to edit. So you can edit when it comes to colors, you can do fonts. This is where it gets really interesting. It gives you points. It gives you quotes. It'll give you statistics, action items. It's going to give you all of this. This is for you as an instructional designer to be able to teach but in a way that is fully editable. Now, here's where it gets interesting. I can say, okay, here's this quote. I want a different quote. You just simply highlight it. You're going to change it with AI. And now it's going to come in and give you a totally maybe different quote on the subject. If you want to jump in here and say, man, I like permission type leadership. John Maxwell is one of my heroes. He's 
communicates a lot on this subject. And I could say, hey, generate more content. Why is why is getting permission from your followers important? So I could put something like this in and give me, let's say three reasons. And what it's gonna do wherever I put my cursor, rather than me having to go do the research, it's literally gonna plug it in. So what, what we have now is not, we don't have to go do the research. Why is it important to have this permission? Because it establishes trust, it encourages people, You know, it fosters collaboration. So it just created all that, put it into here. Now all of a sudden you can push this button, I can export it to Google Docs, I can export it to Microsoft, I can make it a PDF. What I'm really excited about though, is you can go here and say, well, man, this is pretty good. I'm going to, I'm going to edit this a little bit right here. And I'm going to say, you know, when it comes to action items, I'll show you this. Let's just say, ask Andy, he knows. All right. So we can edit all this. And now what we're going to do is we're going to convert this and it's going to take it. It can save it. We can come back to it later if we want. And now it's going to take what we just created, what got created, we edit it, and now it's going to turn it into an entire PowerPoint. So while it's doing that, let's go back to the one we created a second ago, Leadership Styles in the Modern World. This is the one you came up with a moment ago. And it basically talks about these different leadership styles. It talks about autocratic leadership. You know, what is it? Gave me some quotes around it. It gave me a case study. It gave me action items. So these are all things as instructional designers, as trainers, as facilitators, we can use this to teach. And so, you know, we can go in there, change with AI. All right. So I'm going to do this. I don't like this quote by John Wooden. I'm going to change it. And all of a sudden, right then it's going to jump in and it changed it right there. And so now it gave me something, you know, different to use. It can add in, you know, opportunities for us to add in more content. Uh, we can convert this to a slide deck. And so it has all these capabilities and then you can push a button, have handout notes created using your branding, using your logo. And we don't say that it's going to do 100% of the work. We just feel like it'll get you 90% of the way there. Now, I'm going to pause this for a second because this starts getting scary and people are like, it's going to take our jobs as L&D. No. All right. And this is super important. AI and leadership development, stuff like this is not going to take your job. You know who's going to take your job? Who's going to take your job are people who are leveraging these tools, not the AI itself. And this is why I'm so glad so many of you are on here because like I said, AI is not going to take your job. People who are leveraging AI probably will. And so you want to be leveraging. So this is just one app that we have of four apps. So this was our script app for handout notes and for scripts. If you want to train on any topic, I had a really interesting conversation. There was an HR firm that creates training materials and they have, they have companies on retainer. I talked to them a couple of weeks ago. This was Thursday. They asked me to create a training session course for them within 30 seconds right here we created it and they said this is great they bought the program and then they are going to turn around and literally sell it for the price they paid for an entire year they sold one of these to one of their clients for you know and basically paid for their entire you know subscription by selling just one of them so this is the this is the scripts app going back here now to our slides when you're making a slide training you can change the style the coloring you can change the image style you can upload your brand for your company you can upload your branding background so if you're like our company likes to use this type of powerpoint you know backgrounds and brand you can upload all of your stuff so the ai is now creating powerpoint decks that look like your style but basically using this here's what it came up with on our john maxwell leadership it gave us a title 
slide. It gave us a, a little bit of an agenda, gave us an introduction. It gave us here some slides on position. It took, we're ask Andy, he knows. All right. So it literally was taking the content that we put in before and it's adding it now to our PowerPoint. It gave us all these points. It gave us conclusion. Same thing here. We can add a slide if we want. We can jump in and say, hey, I don't like this picture. I want a picture of a duck. It'll make you a picture of a duck. You know, you can go here and say, okay, I don't know that I like these points. I want you to change this. And you just tell it what type of content you want and it'll change it right there without you having to go and do all of the research. So it creates all of your scripts, all of your handout notes, all of your slide decks and courses uh, is coming out very soon. Let's save this. We'll save it. And uh, now we have like chat GPT working on here, you know? And so basically it's an opportunity. How can I help you today? We can jump in and we can talk to the GPT and rather than having to type, we can have conversations with it back and forth. Mm. And uh, we're putting personas in here. So if you're like, I want to talk to a DE&I expert, you're going to have the opportunity to talk to somebody who's legally, you know, a GPT avatar that can help you and has already been fine tuned to be a legal expert in your state. Or if you want to talk to somebody who's a leadership expert, they've already been fine tuned. That avatar has been cloned to fine tune and give you answers from that perspective, you know, in the best possible way. So this is our chat GPT, you know, kind of that's up graded that you have a lot of access to as well. And then courses is coming out soon. We're three weeks away from it. But in three weeks, you're literally going to be able to type out and have entire courses with assessments, uh, with quizzes, with flashcards, simulations, everything that you would have in a course. Videos are all going to be able to be created in a matter of moments around any topic that you put in. And at our enterprise level, and this is kind of the last thing I'll say, and then I'll be done. At our enterprise level, what makes this very interesting is we are actually able to integrate our software into your internal knowledge base, into your intranet if you have one. And so rather than using a large language model to build all of these courses and all of these sessions around, it'll actually use your information. So it uses your values, your mission statements, your policies and procedures, your tone of voice as far as a company. It uses your information. Now, this is only at an enterprise level. You don't get this like right out of a box for you know a couple dollars a month. But if you get the enterprise solution and tie it in your company, it has its voice. The second thing it has that makes it personalized and customized is each user, each employee can do a psychometric assessment so that when they ask for a course or they ask for a particular session and it's just being given to them, the course is being written for them, it takes into account their learning styles. It takes into account their learning mm. preferences. It takes even into account their learning disabilities, if they're dyslexic, if they have ADHD, are they a visual learner or an audio learner? And so the AI customizes it to the company's voice. So you, you're making sure it's not just generic, you know, stuff that was created by somebody who knows nothing about your company or nothing about your business. It's customized on an enterprise level. And it's also personalized to the individual person. And we like to say what Chipotle did for burritos, you know, gave everybody their own burrito. We're doing for corporate e-learning, you know, giving everybody a you know, bespoke application just for them. And so uh, this is something that we're kind of making available here. We'll talk about it in just a moment, but uh, real quick, I will just say, I talked to Andy about this. 
We want to make this available to you guys super inexpensively. If you go to the website right now, Lendea.com, you're going to find that most of these apps, you know, it's about, about $30 to $40 a month, depending on what you get for each of these apps for the generator app or the script builder app to get the Lendea GPT app with the special copywriting for L&D. But if you guys jump in, because this is we're just launching it this week and we really want to help your community, we're going to throw in early access to the courses app, which is going to build courses as soon as that becomes available. And we're going to do it all just this is a one day deal. This is for today for an entire year rather than the you know, 2300 that it would cost for all four of these apps over the course of a year, which works out to like, you know, 30 or 40 bucks an app uh, per month. Uh, we're going to do it all for 397 for an entire year for all of these apps. And I, I told Andy, if, if anybody signs up, I'm going to put it in the comments here, the link to this. If you sign up while we're still on this call before the end of the day here, I'll throw in my book, The AI Edge, Gaining the Competitive Advantage. I go into bunches of just kind of hacks and best practices how to create a strategy, an AI strategy for your learning and development team. What's your philosophy on it? It just, it dives into a lot of the stuff that we kind of touched on today, but it kind of does a deep dive and we'll throw that in as, as a bonus for anybody who purchases uh, while we're still over kind of in the next hour or so. So I'll throw that in and Andy, we can go from there if there's any questions uh, along these lines. Awesome. Well, yeah, we will definitely get to questions in just a moment here. Uh, how do people take advantage? This is a very generous offer. Really appreciate it. And I see it's great to get more people on the platform using this. It's just going to make the platform better too. Um, how can people take advantage of this? Where do they go? Yeah, I got a link here, but how do, where do I put it, Andy? Where do I put can this? You get, can you access the chat, uh, the webinar chat? Otherwise you can... I see open, answer, dismissed, Q&A. That's what I get. Uh, that's Q&A. If you go to chat, uh, no. you should have, you don't have access to the chat. Oh, I got chat. Yep. I just put it okay. in chat. Change it to everyone from panelists to everyone and go ahead and drop it in there. Uh, there we go. There. Uh, it's only giving me host and panelists and Andy Storch. So I'm going to give it to you and you can put All it right. out. Send it to me and then I'll send it out to everybody. These are This is how we learn webinars. Okay, so here you go. I'm going to send this out to everyone. Take advantage of this offer. And we're going to open this up today. So there's the link for that. So go ahead and take advantage of that. For those of you that are interested, really, really cool offer. I uh, I think it's an awesome offer. I'm, I'm going to take advantage of this and be playing with this more. I'm working on updating a program I have right now and can't wait to see what it can do. Let's get to some of the questions that have been coming in the Q&A. Feel free yeah. to raise your hand as well if you have a question, but we've had a bunch that have come in on the Q&A and I'll take this off the screen in just a moment. The link is in the chat to take advantage. Question came in a while back from my friend Diana Alt, who has uh, been a member of our think tank community and runs her own community community for uh, corporate professionals. And she asked, my community is really interested in knowing how L&D and HR professionals can avoid bias when they leverage AI solutions in their work. Their concern is that there might be inherent bias in generative AI tools in particular due to being trained on biased content through propagating systematic issues with racism, sexism, et cetera. And I've heard this come up. I've seen it come up on LinkedIn and other places. I'm curious what you've been hearing or what your take is on this, Josh. No, it's it's absolutely right. I mean, the truth is to the degree that the developers and the owners of the you know solutions have a bias, that is probably going to come through in the models. There is a group out there that is very, and I'll have to get back with you. It might, it's, it's hmm, which one is it? I forget which large language model, but they're specifically creating a model to address this. So they're taking their model, but instead of making it like the, the God model, like some of these other models, and this is the end all be all, they're creating it so each individual community can then take their model and fine tune it with their own values, with their own voice. 
space. And I can see a lot of companies doing that where they take this, their model. And I wish off the top of my head, I could remember which one it was. Cause I, I know the name I'm just, and I can follow up with this maybe uh, in the community or something, but you're as a company, you'll be able to take their models and fine tune it with your voice, your values. So as not to have the bias. And right now that's probably the only way to fully address this. We're going to be addressing it as a company through our enterprise solution, where we're going to fine tune those model uh, models, values, and voice for each individual company that they're a part of. So it has alignment and integration with what you find important as a company, but it is a thing. And to pretend like it isn't would just be naive. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope this is something that AI is going to allow us to get better at and create more yeah. equity out there in the in the workspace. But we're going to have to keep an eye on it, right? And keep working yeah. on it uh, as we do with many of these things. You mentioned sharing in the community. For those that don't know, again, I run a membership community called the Talent Development Think Tank. I have a podcast by the same name. Right now, we are offering a 14-day free trial to come join the Talent Development Think Tank community where you can join our live calls. You can review all the great content we have in our library. This recording will be available free for the next few days till the end of this week. And then it's going to live in the library of content in the Talent Development Think Tank community. Tons and tons and tons of great content and live calls every Wednesday. And we're going to be doing another call with you to talk about AI where we can do open Q&A and really deep dive into some of these topics. So I'll put a link with info about the Think Tank community in there. A question came in from Jody about something we we sort of addressed already, but the idea that, hey, it sounds like AI might be taking a lot of jobs or replacing some work that we're doing. There's going to be new jobs created. How can workers in general be thinking about upscaling and how can we be thinking about you know making sure that our workers are ready to take advantage of this this revolution and, and upscaling so they don't get you know passed by? Well, two things. I think you're already doing it right now. That's, that's what's so interesting. It's like double-edged sword. The fact, the type of people who are at a, a meeting like this are probably the people who don't need to be asking those questions, just to be quite right. honest, because they're already thinking that way. And this is that you're doing the right thing by educating yourself, coming to these things. It might feel like you're way, you know, behind. I promise you, you're not. I mean, this, you are, if the fact that you're here, you are on the cutting edge of this, especially within the L&D space. So on the one hand, I just want to put your heart at ease. Like if you're here and you're really soaking this in and you're really leaning into it, I promise you, you have probably nothing to worry about. It's the people who are feeling this three years from now that are really going to have the issue. The second thing I would say, and I'll, I'll do another shameless plug here. I, I like to do a little bit of AI consulting and working with companies to, you know, provide some you know strategies around this and, and help with their ICs to develop their skills. And we can put together custom packages for you and your teams to really educate them around this. And I'd love to speak with anybody here uh, along those lines. And we can we can work something out to maybe you know do some type of live event with just your employees or with a group of managers or something and anything we can do to help out there. Uh, we've done that regularly and we'd continue to like to be able to help help there. Yeah, cool. I'll reach out to Josh if you're interested in working with him, aside from just using the software. Aricio asked, which tools do you recommend for language interpretation for meetings or webinars using AI? I'm sorry. Can you, which one was that again? I was typing an answer and I wasn't paying attention. Oh, okay. Aricio asked, which tools do you recommend for language interpretation for meetings or webinars using AI? I think we mentioned mm. some already, right? Otter and... Yeah. 
fathom. Yes. Yeah. For meetings, as far as for typewriting, there was something he said about there for webinars. I, I, I'm actually not sure of a artificial intelligence application that does webinars for you. There are a couple, you know, obviously even stuff like Google voice is doing a lot right now uh, using AI for translation stuff. And, and that's becoming very, very basic. Honestly, even chat GPT can, you know, do translations and stuff now. So it's becoming almost kind of par for the course kind of norm for those type of applications to exist in most of the large language models. Yeah. Uh, Another question came in from an anonymous attendee. What considerations to have in mind about privacy when using AI tools? For example, your voice filtered out and used by others in malicious ways, right? This is something we're seeing in the news already. This is something to be potentially concerned about. It's it's a really big deal. And bad actors are going to take this technology. They are going to use it. This is a big, big question. I could do a whole talk around just this by itself. I was talking with uh, Visa about some of this, and that was their big thing. They're like, hey, we love your you know, application. We love your solution. But we have so much proprietary information that we have to keep secure. And so that's becoming a big issue for a lot of these large language models we have in our enterprise solutions. We've come up with a couple of things that are really allowing us to protect our clients' information. And so it was an issue probably more like six months ago, but it's become the number one thing. Like even Verizon for a while wasn't allowing people to use chat GPT because of just the security issues. A lot of people were using things like Otter. They were using them in meetings and that information was getting taken out and it was just getting put basically in these large language models. And so it was just a huge, huge kind of mess there and things. And so it is an issue. And I think personally, I think just kind of probably being slow to move into it is probably the best approach. And I actually think in the long run, uh, a lot of blockchain technology is going to help uh, protect our identities. But that's a whole nother conversation because we know blockchain and and cryptocurrency and that has an application here for security and authenticity when it comes to tech solutions. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that'll be really interesting to see what comes to that. We've got a couple of questions here that are very related to that. Molly asks, can you speak more to the legal shareability of info generated by, say, BARD, for example? Yeah, well, right now, there's been a couple of these that have gone to um, actual court, and there's some things happening, like what what is proprietary information? And the, the reality, it's still the little wild, wild west out there right now. There's not, at least from a legal perspective, because these things are typically being created by the prompts of individuals. Right now, there has been no historic case where, you know, what has been outputted is somehow proprietary information. Once again, I do think this is going to, there's, there's, going to be some legal battles over the next 18 months to figure out where exactly all of this lands. But right now it's kind of a free for all. And, you know, mostly artists have been suing because, you know, it's like, you know, people put prompts, make a painting in this style of artist. And they're like, well, that's my style. So there's, that's still to be determined, but it is something that is taking place. Yeah. Julie Winkle Giulioni asked a simpler question. What are the copyright or IP implications for this course development, right? If you're, yeah. you've got some of your own content out there, that's could be yeah. used. Yeah, no, here's the deal. At the end of the day, as far as from copyright on a lot of this stuff, as long as it's being used internally, there is no issue. So if a company is using it internally, I think where it starts getting interesting is if you are going to take it, and I was talking with some attorneys about this recently, if you are going to take this content and then resell it, there may potentially be some 
issues mm-hmm. there. But if you don't plan on selling the information, th- there's really no likelihood, you know, of, of getting into any trouble legally or otherwise. Got it. Elizabeth said, my company has blocked most of these tools. Do you see organizations being worried about generative AI and how do we get past that hurdle? Yeah, honestly, I just feel like this is just human. Humans are having a version to change. Most of you guys are involved Mm -hmm. in management. So this just goes back to some basic strategies about how do we change cultures? How do we change, you know, moorings about how people are used to doing things? And it just, especially with an HR departments and L&D departments, we, we, we haven't been right. known to be the most innovative, you know, forward thinking. Right. And the problem right. is we're going, to get, we're going to get left in the dust if we don't lean into it, but we want to do it in a safe way that at least acknowledges the securities concerns, at least acknowledges the potential pitfalls. And it might right. not change what we do, but it might change how we navigate it because we're just thinking wisely about it. Yeah. I always think it's funny when, when companies, you know, the sort of the regulation component comes in and tries to stop what the people want and it almost never works. I remember back in the old days when the iPhone came out and some companies were like, no, this is not safe. You're only approved to use the BlackBerry. And people were like, no, I want to use my iPhone. And so obviously yeah. <laughs> IT, IT had to adapt, right? And now it seems ridiculous that you couldn't use an iPhone for yeah. your corporate email anymore, right? But yeah. there was a time when that was an, that was a debate. Yeah. That was a, that was an argument. And, right? and it'll be the same thing here. And as the technology improves and the security improves and we start ironing out all the proprietary information concerns, it'll become more and more, you know, acceptable. The problem is if we wait till then to start learning these things, we will be behind. And so we want to start yeah. learning it and developing our skills around it, even while there's a little bit of an unknown so that by the time it does become mainstream, you know, we're, we're ahead of the curve. Yep. Going through more here, Karen said, this is amazing. Love how much this can save and allow for the editing to finish the deliverable. Not a question, but just really think this is really awesome. So again, uh, if you haven't taken advantage of the the deal that Josh offered, you know, we have that link in the chat earlier. SUNY asked, can't I just ask the AI to engineer an excellent AI prompt for me? Maybe eventually, right? <laughs> no, it, it really is. In fact, it's something I do. I'm glad you brought that up because if you're struggling with what is a good prompt, you could ask the AI, give me a good prompt for this. And it, you know, it will give you a good one. I've done that a couple of times. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to actually add that to my talk in the future because it's, it, you're very, very right. It's a great way to go about it. Related to all this, John asked, any comments on how to handle customization with prompts that may include proprietary company-specific information that is internal material only? Yeah. And this is where we need to sit down and just have a real one-to-one conversation. This goes back to our enterprise solution where what we're doing is we are actually working with executives to build an internal database that the AI has access to. And we figure out what is it, you know, what, what proprietary information do you want your employees to have? And sometimes we do it to where, okay, this information is only to management and above. And we're able to create some type of security walls in order to certain information is only given to this level of clearance and above. And we can fine tune the models to only give certain information to certain level clearances. And so it is a concern that a lot of people have. And like I said, we only use it for internal purposes. Um, And so we don't really have a, a, a situation now where we're taking this information, we're just putting it out into the world. Our applications are more to, you know, for learning and development, for leadership development, upskilling employees within the context of their organization is how we would use it. 
All right. We have a couple of people, you know, just putting in, thank you so much that I got a lot of value from this. Someone asked, will we get a recording of this? And absolutely we are recording and we'll send a link out. And again, the, the recording will be available for the next few days, really till the end of the week. And then it will live inside the member vault for the talent development think tank community. So if you're not a member, come join us there. Lindelwa asked, how will this impact executive and leadership coaching? Do you think? Yeah. And that's really where our focus is. So we've tried to fine tune a lot, especially around the courses to develop courses that uses psychological behavioral modification psychology when it comes to coaching, when it comes to leadership development. And that's that's been how we've been fine tuning the models. So I'm very excited about the huge impact of it because we understand one to one is some of the best ways people learn, but it's hard to scale that. But now if we can clone your coaches and your L&D department and we can basically take your knowledge around coaching and put it into an avatar, into a AI clone and have them coach the executives. It's pretty exciting how that scales in ways that we have not been able to scale coaching typically in the past. Excellent. There's so much possibility there. And then we had an anonymous question that came in. Have you seen any roadblocks to higher education integrating AI? Yeah, right now the hallucinations is still an issue. You know, the fact that chat GPT still just makes up a, you know, 3% of BS you know, on a regular basis. And until we, until we get 3% down to like 0.001%, it's going to be hard for it to really take over what's happening in higher education. I think that's one of the major hurdles that like things like OpenAI is going to have to solve before it really becomes mainstream there. Excellent. Uh, all right. Well, we'll wrap this up in a couple moments, but if you have any other questions, put them in. Great comment just came in from SUNY. This has been the most helpful webinar on AI for L&D work I've attended so far. Densely packed with information. Also encouraging, not dooming. Thanks, Andy and Josh. <laughs> I appreciate it, SUNY. Uh, that's uh, I'm going to actually use that. So I just copied and pasted it. It'll end up on some promotional something somewhere. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Well, shouldn't AI just do that for us already? It's I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love uh, it. Take it in. Josh, yeah, Andy, I as, the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So good to have you here. And, um, you know, we're just over an hour now. I know people got to get to wherever uh, other calls and things they have throughout the day. Any like final remarks, things you want people to be thinking about? You know, one of our promises was, hey, we want to help you become more productive using AI with L in L&D. Kind of final words or things that people could be or should be thinking about to to be able to better leverage AI. Yeah, I, I think from a philosophical perspective, for so many years, our model or framework for development had this idea of one teacher for many students. In the last couple of years, we've understood coaching and mentoring and consulting one-on-one. -on -one. The Bloom Effect, for those of you who are familiar, became like the all the rage, one-on-one. -on -one. That's how we're going to scale. What I see in the future now is an opportunity not to flip the script, to go from 30 students to one teacher, like we've done in a lot of our corporate live environments, to now having 10 teachers for every one student, each one trained and fine-tuned in certain disciplines, but not just in content disciplines, but also in how that information is given based on the preferences and personality of the student themselves. And so I think really thinking from that paradigm starts to get the imagination unlocked and you can really start to play around with, wow, what does that look like for education at whole, but also corporate education within our L&D spaces? And so we'd love to, love to chat some more whenever you get a chance. Uh, feel free to find me on LinkedIn, please. And let's set up some DMs. And I'd love to get one-on-one -on -one with several of you if this would at all be interesting for you to explore further. Awesome. Uh, I saw another question come in. Um, before we get to that, I want to, we shared your special offer, Josh, and I just put the link in the chat again. Uh, I just want to share quickly for those that are still on, if you're not a member of the 
talent development think tank community. This is a community that I started back in 2020 without the help of AI to bring people together in the talent development world. We have been going strong since our first conference back in January 2020. And we have over 100 members from different aspects and facets of talent development, different levels from mostly around North America, some in Europe and, and other places as well. And it is all about connecting people and helping you improve your capabilities and achieve more success in your career in talent development. That's really our mission. That's what our purpose is, what we're all about. We've got some fantastic members. Um, people join and they join our calls. They absolutely love it, especially when they really engage and connect with others. We host a live call every Wednesday with different guest speakers on different topics, kind of like what we did today, only it's usually a little bit more open conversation, open Q&A, right? And less webinar style. We also have a member vault with tons of content and we have a, a private Slack channel where people can ask questions and share resources and things like that. Many, many, many happy members who absolutely love the community. We've got some, some quotes on there and, and plenty more on our website. If you go to tdtt.us, click on community, or you can scan the QR code that's on the screen there. And Josh, you've been a member now for a couple of years and you, you came to our conference in February and it's been great having you in there. Perfect. Yeah, no, it's, it's been awesome. I'm looking forward to the next uh, event, the next conference. It was great seeing everybody in person. I hope to see many folks even in from this webinar being a part of that, maybe for the first time next time. Heck yeah. Okay. Last question that came in, because this is a, is a good one. Does your software have capabilities to create flowcharts or charts and, and uh, strategies? It can create on a document level. It, we have not implemented the ability with what's called vision AI yet. And that's where a lot of the visual elements come in. That's why I suggested there was a couple others that I mentioned. I think uh, Kit API that does some of that, uh, that I mentioned a little bit earlier, can do some of those things. Ours can put together our strategies pretty well because it's been fine-tuned for some HR stuff. But as far as flow charts, while it can give it um, in a kind of content sense, it won't visualize it. And if, if, if that's the question, then no. But if the question is, can it do it from a you know content standpoint, then the answer is yes. Okay. Excellent. Karen asked, did Josh mention a book? You said you have a book on this. Uh, if they don't, if someone's not taking advantage of the offer today, and, and hopefully many people are, yeah. is there somewhere else they can get that book? Yes. And I will give you a link for it. I don't have it at the moment, but I'll make sure we get that up and ready for you. Uh, ASAP. All right, we'll see. This is our launch week and we've gotten so many things kind of. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll try to get it in the follow-up email that goes out to everybody. Sharon says, thank you for the link for the 14-day trial to the Think Tank and uh, for bringing such incredibly innovative technology to L&D. And Michelle said, thank you so much. The webinar was highly interesting and informative. Looking forward to applying what I learned today and engaging further with the community. Josh, I think uh, this will do it. I know people got to get off to other meetings and things yeah. and we got to, yeah. you, you probably have more meetings. I yeah. got to go like have dinner. It's it's evening exactly. here. It's eight, oh, past eight o'clock here in Barcelona. Thank you so much for this. This was really excellent. You know, like I said earlier, first webinar I think I've hosted and uh, I feel really good about this because I know we gave people a lot of value. So thanks again. If you've been, you're still on, you've been watching and listening, reach out, connect with Josh. I know he's active on LinkedIn. What's the best email for you, Josh, if anybody wants to get in touch? Uh, Josh at Lendai.com. That's two Ds, learning and development AI. So Lendai.com, Josh at Lendai.com. I'd love to connect or Joshua Ermler on LinkedIn and let's connect there. I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of connecting with some of, some of you here one-on-one. Cool. Excellent. And uh, of course, uh, I'm Andy Storch. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn on there every day, host of the Talent Development Think Tank podcast, as well as the membership community. I hope you'll check out the podcast and come join us in the community soon if you're not already a member. Thank you, Josh, for joining me today. This was fantastic and I uh, look forward to talking with you more soon.
All right. Take care, Andy. Appreciate the time. Bye, everybody. All right, that will do it for my podcast and webinar with Josh Ermler about using AI in talent development in L&D. I hope you got a lot of value from that. Go check out Josh's product, which is Landai, L-A-N-D-D-A-I.com. And if you're not a member of the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, come check us out, tdtt.us and click on community. And if you join from listening to this, use the code podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, for 10% off your membership podcast for 10% off your membership. And let me know that you heard this or me on the podcast or the recording. We have live calls every Wednesday with podcast guests, with thought leaders, with speakers and members of our community. And we are going to do a Q&A coming up in the near future with Josh about AI in L&D. So make sure you join the community so you can come join that as well. All right. Thank you again for listening. No bonus Q&A this week, but maybe I'll get a bonus episode out there for you. We'll see. But we have more great content coming soon as well. Take care.